Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and it's fantastic to have gastroenterologist and gut expert Dr. Will Boltzowitz, an author of the new book called Fiber Fjord that comes out in May. For those of you that love science, you love gut health, and you love discussions around organic food, then this podcast is for you. I feel today's podcast is going to help so many people. Just as a heads up as well, the audio quality on this podcast isn't as sharp as it usually is as we had some technical difficulties, so please bear with us. Before we bring Will onto the show today, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Chili Technology, the cooling system that actively manages your body core temperature to help deliver magical deep sleep. Without further ado, let's welcome Will, or Dr. B as he's known, to our show today. Oh, Chelsea, thank you for the warm welcome. And it is a great pleasure to be connecting with you from the other side of the world. Um, You know, this is the beauty of the internet. And we are in this period of social distancing or physical distancing due to COVID-19. But this is also a great opportunity to enrich ourselves and educate ourselves. And this podcast could be part of that process. And just before we started recording, we're talking about how contagious and dangerous coronavirus is. And I'd like to start with what we can do as individuals. There's obviously physical distancing, there's washing of hands, and where you really have your expertise is around gut health and how important that is to your immune cells. So let's dive in there. Why is the gut health so important for people's immunity during coronavirus? Gut health has never been more important than it is right now, like literally right now. Um, and it's it's crazy for me to say that because I think that literally all health starts in the gut. And I honestly believe that no matter who you are right now listening to this at home, no matter who you are, whether you are suffering with a medical issue, whether it's a digestive issue or not, or frankly, if you are completely healthy you still should be paying attention to your gut health because it is so critically important to health throughout your entire body. And if you don't take care of it, you know, I would fear that one day you wake up and you have this chronic medical problem that you just can't undo. It's there. And so you really want to protect your health. And when it comes to the immune system specifically, there is a connection between the gut and the immune system that we cannot separate. They're like, best friends in a way. And the reason why is because if you were to zoom in Chelsea on the gut, like pretend that you just are like zooming in with a microscope and looking at what's actually happening on a cellular level inside of someone's gut. Here's what you would see. There's this layer to the wall of the, of the intestine that's called the epithelial layer. And it's a single layer of cells. And on one side is the tube of the intestine, the gut. And in there, you will see the vast, vast, vast majority of the microbiome in the human body right there, 38 trillion microbes, 38 trillion. And then on the other side of the epithelial layer, you would discover that the majority of the immune system is right there as well. 70 to 80% of the immune system actually resides in the gut. They are right next to each other. And they're not just physically close. They are intertwined. They are in constant communication. Something happens to one, 
the other one knows about it and reacts to it. When you damage the gut, you damage the immune system. We know this. We have countless studies that show that people that have autoimmune disease have damage to the gut. People that have allergic issues like asthma or uh, seasonal allergies, they have damage to the gut. But the opposite is also true. If you optimize your gut because of the relationship that it has with your immune system, you are also optimizing your immune system. And so truly the path to optimizing your immune system is by healing your gut. That is awesome. Where, where, can, where can we find those foods? Like they, looking at my fridge and pantry and things like that, because we always talk about, you know, the bone broths and things like that to nourish up the good gut bacteria from a probiotic point of view, the yogurts, the sauerkraut, the kimchi, the kombuchas. Um, how about those prebiotic, you know, the, the starchy, well, starch-resistant foods or the, the ones that are providing those bacteria with nice fibre? Um, what are your top sort of choices of food in that area? You know, healing your gut or optimizing your gut is a big topic. And that's what my book, Fiber Field, is entirely about. I mean, really, this is the playbook. It shows you exactly what you need to know, and it even shows you how to do it. It's got a four-week plan, 70 recipes, everything that you need to do it. When I think about healing the gut, the first thing that comes to mind is the relationship between the microbes in our gut and fiber. It's really special, and most people don't realize that. The relationship between our microbes and fiber is really special. This is what they eat. This is their energy source. So Chelsea, you just used the word prebiotic. Many people have heard of probiotics. Probiotics are the actual living bacteria. I'm telling you about prebiotics, which are actually the food for those bacteria. Fiber is that food. Fiber is a prebiotic and fiber feeds these microbes. And when they eat the fiber, they multiply, they grow, they get stronger. You get more good guys, more anti-inflammatory microbes. And then it's kind of cool. They actually reward you. You feed them and they're going to give you something that heals your body. What they do is they produce from fiber something that I think is the biggest secret in all of nutrition, which are short chain fatty acids. And these short chain fatty acids, again, like you only get them if you eat fiber. There's nothing else that you can eat to get, well, you could eat resistant starch, which technically is not fiber, but truly there's, it's fiber and resistant starch that produce short chain fatty acids. When they produce these, they heal the gut. They actually, believe it or not, there are studies looking at the way they affect the immune system and the lungs to protect us against respiratory viruses. Hmm. Sounds kind of important right around now. And they travel throughout the entire body having healing effects. I mean, we celebrate them probably the most for what they do in the gut, meaning that they reverse damage to the gut like dysbiosis or some would call it leaky gut. But they actually travel throughout the entire body and have healing effects. And like, for example, they cross the blood-brain barrier. They're traveling all the way upstairs north to the brain, cross the blood-brain barrier, and in the, in the brain, you know, the way that people develop Alzheimer's, for example, let me just use that condition as, a, as, as an example. The way it unfolds is a person has the, these deposits in the brain tissue of what are called beta amyloid plaques. I can't even imagine how much the pharmaceutical industry would pay for a drug 
to get rid of beta amyloid plaques. I can't even imagine. And the irony is that although that drug does not exist, there are studies that clearly show that butyrate, one of the short-chain fatty acids, does that. Okay, so fiber is obviously crucial for our gut health. Are there particular foods that give us more fiber than other foods? I'm just wondering if my audience are thinking, oh, do we just throw some more psyllium husk onto our diet to give us more fiber? What are your thoughts around that? You know, where can we find really good fiber-rich food from? Fiber is not just categorically all the same. Like to count grams of fiber is a little bit of a silly exercise in some ways, the more that you learn. Fiber is like the word protein. There are so many types of protein on this planet. We have no clue how many types of protein exist. Like we have no clue. And in similar fashion, there are so many types of fiber that exist on this planet. We have no clue. There's probably millions. There may be billions of types of fiber. They're all unique. They're all different. They all have different biochemical properties. They're not all exactly the same. And each plant has its own unique mix of fiber. Every plant, every single plant, every fruit, vegetable, whole grain, seed, and nut is going to have fiber and it's going to have prebiotic fiber. And so what I think is the critical piece of information is not to target specific foods so much as to say that you want diversity of foods, variety, as much variety of plants as you possibly can. And when I say that, I base that on number one, knowing that each plant has its own unique types of fiber. So for example, when you eat black beans, there are certain microbes that live in your colon that will thrive, thrive off of the fiber and the resistant starch in those black beans. The flip side, if you remove the black beans from your diet entirely, those same microbes, they are going to recede and fall off and get weaker. And at some point they just die. So we have to feed the different types of microbes in our gut. And knowing that each plant has unique types of fiber that feeds unique types of microbes, that to me suggests that variety or diversity of plants would be a very, very powerful way to address gut health because we want diversity of our microbes. The more diversity of your microbes you have, the healthier your gut is. That's really the way that we measure it. So so it would seem that that would make sense. But forget like whether or not it makes sense. Let's turn to the largest study to date to answer this question. Let's look at the American Gut Project, which is called the American Gut Project, but it's actually international. There's a ton of Australian people in there. The largest, it is the largest study to look at the connection between the health of our gut microbiome and our diet and exercise and lifestyle. And when they did that study and they analyzed the data, they found that there was one thing that predicted most powerfully the development of a healthy gut microbiome. And that was the diversity of plants in your diet. That was the most powerful predictor of a healthy gut. And it was more powerful, frankly, than, than like, describing yourself as vegan or anything of that variety. This was the number one thing. And so I honestly think that as cool as superfoods are, as cool as they are, it's not about superfoods. It's about diversity. If you, if you ate kale all day long, you wouldn't be that healthy. 
And I kind of feel like we deserve better, which is to actually enjoy our food, to be able to eat it and consume it in abundance, all the varieties, all the flavors, all the textures, all the colors. My, my thing is Chelsea is like, I don't, I don't know how you personally eat. I'll tell you full disclosure. I eat whole food plant-based diet 100% because that has really worked for me. I mean, I lost 50 pounds. I lost 20 kilograms on a whole food plant-based diet. I, you know, I got rid of high high blood pressure. I got rid of an anxiety issue. I feel younger, even though I'm 10 years older and I'm getting asked more often whether I'm, whether or not I'm old enough to be a doctor. And I'm a 40 year old dad who drives a minivan, you know? (laughs) Well, you do look really young, Will. And we eat a lot of plant-based food here as well. And for full transparency, we actually do eat some fish we do eat some grass-fed steak. We just make sure that it's grass-fed, it's organic, it's sustainable, it's locally sourced. And let's, this brings me to kind of the next question around why organic is so important. Where, where we live, we're very blessed. We get a lot of organic, locally farm-produced food. So I'd love to hear from an expert, you know, why is organic really important? And is there a big difference there between organic and non-organic food? Well, there's so there's a number of different... Um, there's a number of different arguments that could be made. Um, they do have studies looking at people who ate a organic diet versus not that showed a decreased risk of some types of cancer. What's interesting is that the same types of cancer that they found in this study, just looking at organic versus not organic turned out to be the same types of cancer that they find when they study glyphosate, meaning increased risk of, of lymphoma. And so glyphosate for people at home, you may already be familiar, but glyphosate is an herbicide. Um, it, it was developed to kill weeds. And what happened uh, about hmm, a little over 20 years ago, like 25 years ago, is they developed a line of seeds and products that were genetically modified to tolerate glyphosate. The main ones are soy and corn that have this quality. And uh, so the problem is that we are dumping glyphosate like everywhere. If you eat organic, it cannot be sprayed with glyphosate. It cannot be sprayed with glyphosate. So that is one of the major advantages of eating organic. Another advantage from my perspective is I worry about our soil. Soil health is human health. People, Most people have not made that connection yet. You can't have a healthy food supply if you don't have healthy soil. The soil has a microbiome too. In fact, all life on this planet has a microbiome. If it's alive, it either has a microbiome or it's a part of the microbiome. Like all life has this. That includes the plants. That includes the soil. And so one of the arguments in favor of organic is to be avoiding the the heavy use of these um, modern chemicals that are being used in agriculture that are likely having negative consequences on the soil and the long-term viability of that soil to continue to produce crops for us in the future. So that's, that's another argument. Um, a third argument, let me, let me, uh, tell you one of my favorite things from the book that I thought was kind of cool. When I found this, I was like really excited to include it in the book. So 
they did this study looking at apples. It's interesting. So many people figured, because there there actually is some science to say that apples are incredibly healthy and good for us. And, and that literally an apple a day really could truly keep the doctor away. And most people thought the reason why this was true was either the phytochemicals, which are the, the plant-based chemicals that you'll find in apples, or it was the fiber. And I think both of those things are important. But here's the part that we just discovered recently that's really cool, I think. An apple has a microbiome. An apple has a microbiome, just like you and I. We have a microbiome. An apple has a microbiome too. The microbiome of an apple is designed to help the apple to grow. So it has literally an apple has thousands of species. In fact, more species than we do. It doesn't have as many microbes. We have 39 trillion, close to 40 trillion microbes. An apple has about 100 million. But the apple has these microbes and it helps, you know, from the time that it's a flower all the way to the point of being the fruit, these microbes are helping the apple to grow and be the best version of itself, just like the microbes inside of us are doing the same thing for us. And when they did a study looking at the, this microbiome of the apples, they compared organic to non-organic. And what they found was that the organic apples had more diversity of species, which again is a measure of the health of the microbiome. So the organic apples had more diversity of species, suggesting that it was healthier. And they discovered that there were more species on these organic apples that have been shown in studies to be beneficial to humans. Whoa, that is so cool. I'm such a nerd. I love this microbiome stuff. And some people will say to me, Will, you know, that they can't afford it. And I just think your health is your wealth and it is everything. And some people will go and spend money on really expensive material things and not invest into their health. And from a mental health perspective, we know how important gut health and nutrition is for people's mental health. I would love you to share some tips or things that you do to actually take care of your mental health. So what's fascinating to me to answer this question, Chelsea, is that the, the way that I would answer this are, okay, here are the things that I think are good for my mental health because I feel better. I'm sharper. I, I have the, the neuroplasticity, like the adaptability that I need when I'm on my game. The things that I find that really help me personally are I'm attentive to my sleep. I try to get at least seven, ideally eight hours a night. I don't go to bed too late. I'm not a night owl. I go to bed reasonably early, get my rest. And I exercise. And when I do that, when I'm, when I'm getting my rest and when I'm getting my exercise, it's amazing how much that lifts my mood and makes me feel better and allows me to, to, cause we all have stress. I mean, gosh, COVID-19 is happening right now, right? We're all dealing with it. And it allows me to comp compartmentalize my stress and deal with it and really, um, figure out how to handle that when I'm doing those things. And what's cool and what's fascinating is that those same things actually affect the gut. It's so amazing because I mean, people don't even know, you know, that serotonin is produced in the gut, which I think is fascinating as well. Could you touch on that? You know, what, how serotonin is actually made in the gut that then gets transferred up to the 
you know, crosses the blood-brain barrier. Yeah, so it's actually um, staggering how many neurotransmitters are produced in the gut. There's over 30 neurotransmitters, 30 unique neurotransmitters produced in the gut. Serotonin, the happy hormone, controls our mood, controls our energy levels, our focus. It's the same one that I would treat with an antidepressant, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. 90%, 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut. 90%, that's crazy. I would have never thought that in med school. And um, dopamine, which controls our sort of like reward, like that gratification feeling that you get, um, or when you're like kind of addicted to something like exercise, 50% of dopamine is produced in the gut. And what you find is that the gut is in constant communication with the brain. There's a number of ways. This is why we call it the gut-brain axis. And some people will call the gut the second brain. They're, they're talking to each other right now in each one of us right now, they're talking to each other. And there's a number of ways that that happens. One is through nerves. The biggest nerve is the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is like a phone line between the gut and the brain. It's these neurotransmitters, or in some cases, the precursors of the neurotransmitters that can cross the blood brain barrier. And then sometimes it's the stuff that our gut microbes produce like short chain fatty acids that are considered one of the ways that the blood brain the, the, the brain gut axis actually gets activated is through these short chain fatty acids. So there's so many different ways. And, you know, it's weird. It's weird to imagine that the gut and the brain are that intertwined, but they are, they really are. So I've got this story that I want to share. And my husband would be like, do not share that story. It's really not on brand. But I think it's so important because it highlights how important your gut health is. And what happened, Will, was I went to a, a nail parlor to get a pedicure done. And I'm usually really particular with where I go. Anyway, I unfortunately picked up a fungal infection in one of my small toenails. And the treatment for it was this quite high-grade medical nail polish. And if that didn't work, you then take a a medication that kind of bombs the liver and it heals the nail infection, but it kind of just comes back. And so I see an integrative doctor, integrative functional medicine doctor in Sydney, And she said to me, Chelsea, you know, I've picked up in your microbiome checks lately that you have strep in your bowel. And that is what will be causing probably the nail infection. Anyway, so for four weeks, I went on this pretty intense gut pro. It wasn't even intense, to be honest. It was just eating whole foods. It was having more probiotic, prebiotic fiber in my diet. I was having celery in the mornings. And she said, if you do this for four weeks, the nail infection will grow out and it will heal. And I loved it because it wasn't a Band-Aid solution. Uh, it actually got to the root of the problem. And guess what? My toenails are completely clear now and healed. And I think, wow, how many of my girlfriends have picked up a nail infection at their nail parlor and then been doing this nail polish for years, never got better. And it's really because this we've got the wrong bacteria inside my gut. So I was blown away by that. And I really hope that this story helps someone because obviously it's pretty vulnerable and uh, and a sensitive share from from my side. I had the same issue. It wasn't the nail. It wasn't the nail. It was more athlete's foot, but it's still a fungal infection. And I, I would like treat myself with creams and then get better and then get worse and then get better and get worse. And it went on for years. When I changed my diet, it went away. 
I haven't haven't used the cream and I don't even know how long it's been years. You touched on a really important point. Maybe this will be the last point before I share all my information with everyone. All these people are saying to us, we need to kill the bad guys. We need to kill them, crush them. When in fact, the solution is not kill the bad guys. The solution is to build up the good guys because the good guys will win the war against the bad guys for you. How incredible uh, our stories. That is awesome. And we healed it from the gut. Thank you so much, Will, for coming on our show today. You are a wealth of knowledge. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you're going to absolutely love Will's book. It comes out on the 12th of May. It is called Fiber Field. You can get it now on pre-order and he'll give you loads of different gifts if you pre-order it before it comes out on May the 12th. Please also go and follow him at the Gut Health MD on Instagram. Every day I learn new tips and tools from Will. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Please get behind him. What an incredible doctor he is. If you're enjoying EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll always know when there is a new episode. To continue on your calm journey, I really encourage you to download our free ebook to learn, grow, be inspired, and live a happier life. Simply go to eqminds.com. And if you're feeling in a good mood, please feel free to give us a five-star rating and review as that helps others find the podcast and that way we can impact people and other people's mental health and well-being. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It is not advice and it is not a substitute for seeking medical or healthcare professionals' advice. Any use of the information contained in this podcast or show notes is at the user's own risk.